This reading is taken from Rays of the One Light. Commentary is based on the Bible and the Bhagavad Gita written by Swami Kriyananda. This topic today is how devotees rise. Truth is one and eternal. Realize oneness with it in your deathless self within. The following commentary is based on the teachings of Paramhansa Yogananda. Last week we asked the question, why do devotees fall? And we considered the downfall of Judas in this context. Jesus, in answer to Judas's criticism for allowing Mary to rub his feet with spikenard, a very costly ointment, said, The poor always ye have with, ye, with you, but me ye have not always. Jesus is saying here that there is one supreme injustice that needs eradication, poverty. Yes, but not of a material kind, poverty in a spiritual sense. The divine blessings are not common in this world. They are extraordinary. When they come, we should give them priority above every other consideration. Never allow a moment of inner joy, for instance, to be set aside for lesser duties. Divine attunement is our highest priority. As Lahiri Mohashai said, who was the guru of Yogananda's guru, to listen to the heart's inner sound, Om which issues from the very center of our being, is man's highest duty. Mary on this occasion was not communing in inner silence with Christ's spirit, as she had been when Martha urged that she be reproached by Jesus for not helping out in the kitchen. Mary this time was serving outwardly, but in a very different spirit from the restless fussing for which Jesus had reprimanded her sister Martha. Those who see a radical difference between the paths of action and meditation should understand this distinction. To serve in the right spirit is necessary, for only thereby can we overcome our karmic tendencies toward restless activity. The important thing is that that spirit be always, always inwardly focused, that in everything we do, we act in loving service to the Lord. Therefore, the Bhagavad Gita says in the third chapter, the state of freedom from action, that is, of eternal rest in the spirit, cannot be achieved without action. No one by mere renunciation and outward non-involvement can attain perfection. Whenever the spirit of God descends upon you, however, remember the words of Jesus, me ye have not always with you. Thus through Holy Scripture, God has spoken to mankind. Oh, 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 oh. I'd also like to welcome everyone. I'm Naya Swami Parvati, and this is Naya Swami Pranaba. And I'd like to begin by reading from Whispers from Eternity, Yogananda's Prayer Demands and Poems. Demand that God's light drive dark ignorance away. O oh, divine friend, though the darkness of my ignorance be as old as the world, still make me realize that with the dawn of thy light, the darkness will vanish as though it had never been. Somebody like to take my book? 
So um, there was a man that was walking along a street, and someone in this room may remember this story because it was told long ago. man was walking along a street or a dusty road, and, and he looked down and he saw this little frog, and the frog was saying, help me, help me. And when he picked it, he thought, wow, a talking frog. And so he picked the frog up, and the frog said, I'm a beautiful princess, and if you kiss me, I'll turn into that. And so he looked at the frog, and he just put it in his pocket. And after a while, little frog's going, wait, help me, help me. And so he took it out, and she said, don't you want me to turn into a beautiful princess? And he said, actually, no, at this point in my life, I'd rather have a talking frog. <laughs> Thank you, Jaya. <laughs> but, you know, I was thinking about um, Anandi several weeks ago mentioned that lovely um, uh, story of Swami Narayan where someone asked him, what is the purpose of life? And he said, it's to close all of your accounts and not open any new ones. And uh, for all of us, that's, that's kind of one component of how we rise, and everybody in this room will be in a little different place with all of that, where you rise, how you rise, what your challenges are, everything. But in essence, rising means like a balloon, we need to become light and lighter about ourselves. And uh, I think one of the main things that everybody faces is being down on yourself and, oh, I blew it and isn't that terrible and, you know, just woe is me. And, and it's all the heaviness. And, you know, when we're saying all that, and this is a really, I bring it up first because this is a really good thing to keep in mind. When you start saying that, remember you're saying, I, 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 I. It's all about the ego. And that kind of thinking, we've all done it. Everybody has to go through it. But all it does is sink you. All it does is sink you. And remember that it's the job of the ego. It's the job of Satan and duality. It's the job of that delusive power to do that. That, the job of that power is to keep us involved, to keep us moving right along and, and not being able to lighten up and to get out. And as soon, and I'm sure that everyone here and visitors all around the world have also experienced that whenever we come to the place where we say, and Yogananda had these great little pithy sayings, you come to a place of anguishing monotony. Not anguishing horribleness, anguishing monotony. And that's the kicker, is that you come to that place where you realize, hey, this is it. It isn't going to get any better. You know, all that I've been through so far, it goes up and down. It goes out and in. It goes sideways, you know, but it never, it never will be free. It never will be more than that. And so that phrase is a very, very good one to remember because that sense of anguishing monotony is what makes us say, and I don't know about you, but I said this right around the age of 24, oh my God, I can't live like this. <laughs> and, and then it's the impetus. We need enough energy to rise up and to really come on a path like this, to want to know God, 
to engage in it in a way that has enough momentum that we actually can get somewhere and that we can stick with it. It isn't easy. And that weight of thinking too much about ourselves, of poor me, or, oh, I'm so bad, or whatever, get rid of that. Kick it out. It really isn't who you are, and it has nothing to do with who you are. But it is the job of the ego, which is inside us, to, to keep that there and to keep see if, well, maybe she'll go for it now. How about this one? Wow, that was really bad. Let's try that one. You know, and just always there. As Swami said, he gave a talk here a couple of years ago as he was leaving for India. And he said about Maya, he said, the wolf is always at the door. Always seeing if you will engage, if, you will re- if you've been free from it some, re-engage. You know, give back everything you've given. That's in that beautiful song of the temptation of Christ in the Christ Lives Oratorio. All I ask is you give all, you, all that you've given. All that you've gained, I ask that you give that back. That's all. No big deal. All that you've gained. So just be very, very careful with that. Because it's something that um, it just can weigh on us. And it's also, I was remembering, I saw um, in the Assisi, uh, Ananda Assisi Kriyaban letter, there was a very good letter from Swami in there about just mental restlessness someone wrote. And I even copied it down because I thought, he said, mental restlessness becomes just simply a habit. And you have to break the habit. It isn't that your mind is so necessarily restless, but you get in the habit of being restless. And I thought, wow, bingo. Yeah, that's really true. After a while, you engage in it enough, and it's just habitual, especially in meditation. So just something to keep an eye on. The other thing that um, years ago I found and copied out of uh, Revelations of Christ. I'm not sure exactly where it's from, but if you want a copy, I can give it to you. It's a section of a a commentary, uh, and it's talking about giving and receiving. And in it, at the bottom, because I thought, now why did I copy this out? It's just a lot of words. And But then at the bottom, uh, Swami's talking about what happens to the heart, the ego, and then the light in the spiritual eye. And he said, as you lighten up in your heart, and this is what you do when you resist that temptation to be more egoic, to feel bad about yourself. Because remember, the heart will go either way. It can either go up into the light or it can pull you down into greater delusion. And when we engage in it with that feeling of, oh, poor me, you know, I, 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 That's what we're doing. So in that way, as we lighten up the heart's feelings about ourselves, you know, we we just say, oh, get out, go away. You know, I, I don't need that. I'm not that, you know, in reality. As we lighten the heart, the heart goes directly to the ego. And the ego starts to relax as well. So I came up with this thing. I thought, wow, light heart. Light ego and into the light. You know, just think about that. And it's a good thing to meditate on because 
these things of yoga, the way that energies work, the way that the chakras work, they are real and they will either bind us or set us free. And it depends on, again, as Master said, he said, and I've always, I didn't understand this for a number of years, but he said, the minutes are more important than the years. And I thought, why did he go from minutes to years? Because in the minutes, it's where we make those just little acts of will that keep us moving in the right direction. And as we do that, that's what starts to lighten the heart. Yes, sometimes there are big events and you can feel, wow, the energy moved up and all of that. But by, by far, it is those minutes that count for our own liberation and our own lightening up, uh, taking, you know, in other words, so what if I, if I did something really bad? I know it, I can see, let's move on. So if we don't let that weigh us down, we can lighten up and we can move on. I wanted to tell you a couple of stories. We were in Dallas a couple of weeks ago to celebrate the 20-year anniversary of uh, the Dallas Center. Krishnadasa and Mantradevi were all the, also there after us, but we actually started it in 1993 in June. And so we went to help them celebrate, and we had a very sweet time with them. We had a kirtan, and we had a three-hour program, and then we had a Sunday service and a picnic and all of that. But I was talking with one of the core members there, and I won't say his name because I haven't asked him if I can say this stuff, but he just related a couple of things which I thought were so just sweet. One is profound and the other one just sweet. He said, um, the sweet one first, is that he um, had been, he, people, four of them, the core members, were giving uh, their experiences, what they uh, have found over the years that really helped them as devotees and what made the most impression on them coming to the center when they first arrived. And all of them said, by the way, that they felt uh, totally welcomed and accepted as who they were. And I thought that was very interesting. It's a quality that Ananda overall has of just, you arrive, you want to engage, great, come on in. You know, so there's not a barrier there. But he, this man said, he said, he's an engineer and he has a job, has had it for a long, long time. And, and he had gone to this sadhana in the morning at the center long, like two or three hours sadhana, and really was uplifted and just inspired. And that particular Saturday, he had to go to a meeting that he said was pretty heavy duty. You know, it was intense and serious and all that. And so from this sadhana, he went to this meeting. And he said he was sitting there, not at all interested in what was being talked about. And I, did, I don't know that he needed to engage a lot, but... He was sitting there, and in his notebook, because they all had to have their notebooks, he was writing in big, slow letters, the word love. <laughs> and, uh, and it was just sweet the way he told it. But the great thing was, he said, the guy sitting next to him, these are all engineers, the guy sitting next to him, he didn't realize at the time was watching him. <laughs> and they didn't say anything to each other, but he said after that, when they would pass each other in the hallway, the man would just smile. (laughs) 
who knows what he thought. I don't know why he was smiling, but, but at any rate, but, but I think he probably was touched because he also worked with this man and knew who he was as an engineer and very smart and all of that, but just this big love. And then um, this same person told me about a dream that he had when Swami Kriyananda passed. And he didn't know that Swami had passed. Uh, he had been here for here at the village for a couple of weeks. And the day before Swami passed, he, he left. He had to go, and he was going back to Dallas. And, and, so, and, and he has a sister, and they were going to meet in Sacramento and spend a couple of weeks and just, you know, have fun together. And that night, so, you know, this is Saturday night, and, and he, they had a hotel, and so he's sleeping and uh, and he said sometime between 1.30 and 3.30 a.m., he had a dream of Swami. And he looked at me and said, I never dream about Swami. But he had this dream of Swami, and he said, he and Swami in the dream were holding this big pole. It was like maybe 12 inches in diameter, but very lightweight. And he said, and it was connected, so they each had one end. And he said he understood just, mentally that Swami was about to pole vault on this pole and so they started running so they're running, running, running and he said and then, you know, being a guy who knows about pole vaulting, he said I planted my end in the, in the ground and it was a long pole and he said, and Swami started going up and up and he said he wasn't quite sure whether he was going to make the vault and so he started pushing from on his end from the bottom and then he said right at that point Swami said very clearly he said I can still hear it I'm going over now and then the dream ended yeah but it was just so sweet because this guy is a very he's he's an engineer but he's also an artist and you know he has both sides of himself but I just thought wow what a what a great blessing. And just the energy of it was very sweet. So getting back to the topic of how <laughs> devotees rise. Well, pole vaulting is one way. That sounds like a good way to me. Hey, at the very end, let's, uh, I'm going over now. <laughs> let's go out of here. Um, but also there's things that we... Um, just need to be aware of, no matter where we live, a spiritual community out in the middle of nowhere with no one, no satsang around, we need to be very um, aware of how we actually make it into the light. Because Ananda's, it's Master's path, it's Yogananda's path, and it's, it's a very serious path. We are here, all of us, to find God. I mean, I don't know how many other communities are like that, but this one and all the Ananda communities and the centers were here for that. So it has a, a seriousness to it, and yet we have to understand how to engage in it in a way that's for a whole lifetime because it doesn't happen overnight. It happens in this lifetime, probably has happened in many lifetimes before this to get to this point. So in that, it's just basic things. Attunement with the guru is vital. And we need to seek it in every way possible. Every way possible. 
also right along with that and understanding attunement is devotion and again we need to seek it in every way possible I was talking with someone a number of months ago and it, it's a difficult situation and she was saying things and, and it's like there aren't any answers no good answers there's just the problems and you know I just said you know I think the only answer is love you just have to somehow find it within yourself to bring love into the middle of all of this and if you do then it will shift, it will change, your own consciousness will change for sure but everything around you will also begin to change and so that is more vital and we say it often but it is very very important Um, another quality is willpower absolutely vital you know Swami told this uh, dream of one of the monks at SRF when he was first living there and um, the monk had a dream of all of the monks and they were all in a race and they were racing toward the light and uh, he said almost well not almost he said everyone in that race fell everyone he said a few of them made it into the light maybe three or four which was a big deal but he said everyone fell and what what determined whether they were going was how fast they got up again you know so it's like again we can say these things but we all have been through this stuff just remember your own willpower is vital in what we're doing here you know we have the purification ceremony the first thing out of the out of the shoot in that ceremony is not the minister it's the person and the person says I seek purification by the grace of God and that's what God's waiting for all the time in everything we do I seek I want I'm coming you know I will do this and uh, and so from that that ability to uh, lighten up about ourselves we fall we get up we keep going I was also remembering that um, uh, and again this is where another point comes in and that's that of satsang even in a spiritual community choose the people that you're around wisely everybody's in a different place and for one person someone will deeply inspire and be very uplifting for them and help them tremendously for another person that wouldn't be the person at all but really keep an eye on that satsang with people satsang in situations satsang in environment choose them wisely because even within spiritual communities there are different environments here we all know that and so look for the one and I'm not saying good or bad I'm just saying for each person look for the one that will help you to go higher spiritually what does that feel like? inner freedom make your choices wisely with this because it's very 
every step that we take on the path, it can go either way. We're never safe. Master said this, and we all know it. But we're never safe until you're completely free. Nirvikalpa Samadhi. So every step does matter. Not to be nervous about it or weird or, you know, oh, well, you know, I can't do this or... Just just be in tune with yourself inwardly and feel when you go to make choices that they're choices that are more freeing and not uh, uh, containing of your energy. Years ago, I had the good fortune, and again, satsang, I had the good fortune to go travel with Swami in Australia. And I was just remembering it. I found some photos and things from that um, uh, year. And I always remember it was a very interesting kind of trip. I'm not quite sure why we went on it. <laughs> because the very reason for going on it was this conference, which never happened. <laughs> yeah, we traveled 10,000 miles from San Francisco to Sydney, Australia. We did a two and a half week tour all up and down the coast, eastern coast of Australia, Sydney, Canberra, uh, Victoria, Brisbane, Cairns, Atherton, all over, all over. Went out to Green Island, everywhere. But, um, but I just watched Swami with all these different people. And why I say satsang, it was for me at that time, satsang with him. And watching how he handled himself with all these different situations. And really, sometimes really not knowing what we were going into, what was going to happen. But um, in one of them, and this was toward the end of this time, there was an all-day seminar which only ten people showed up to. You know, and I'm going, oh my God, you know, what will he do? He did the all-day seminar for ten people. They came, he had traveled 10,000 miles to get there, he just did it. And he did it a lot of it was willpower because looking at that size of a crowd for that long of a program. And then the other kicker was, which we all just had to laugh about, was the conference that was canceled that the man who had invited him never communicated, didn't let him know about it, that it was canceled. We walked, we went to, the, and Swami kind of knew because nothing had happened. He hadn't heard from him. But we went to the place at the time that he was supposed to be there as a main speaker. And the doors were locked. No one was there. So we just laughed and went on. You know. But I watched, I felt Swami's energy and consciousness in that situation like a big steamer, just full of, super conscious joy and just moving forward sometimes with more difficulty sometimes with just humor but always just moving forward even minded and cheerful in all situations you know these when these phrases come to life it's like wow this is what it looks like what would i you know cuz i'm thinking what would i do in this situation but i just watched him do this and be very even and and just uh, relate to whoever was there and really give them everything that he could of Master's vibration and of the consciousness that uh, he had to offer. So for all of us, we'll all fall, you know, and slip and do all kinds of stuff. 
But remember, as much as you're able to, in the good times, to lighten up your energy around yourself, laugh at yourself, have some fun, listen to fun music, see, you know, good, funny, clean movie, and, you know, all kinds of things. But, but lighten up about yourself. All these things, devotion, willpower, satsang, uh, the attunement with the guru, God's grace, they're all working on lightening up the grip of the ego because it's extremely strong and backed by all of delusion lightening that up so that we can become who we truly are and who we will never be happy until we are that and that is a child of God one with that light and really always living in the consciousness of that light I've watched a number of people uh, here go through many tests, Swami included, and cling to the light. If you cling to the light, the light can come in. If you open yourself, you know, as in the purification ceremony, you know, don't hold anything back. God knows everything anyway. But you open completely to that light, it washes you. You know, the Bible has that beautiful... A phrase, the washings of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. If we do that, no matter what it looks like, no matter how bad it looks like, just hold it up to the light and hold yourself up to the light. Always go to bed saying, I'm a child of God. I'm a child of light. I'm not any of the stuff that happened today, good or bad. I'm just that light. And if we do that, we find... And in that biblical phrase, it's washings, many. But as we do that, and that's what we do every day in meditation, is we bathe our consciousness in that om, in that Holy Spirit, and in that light. And as we do that, we become that light.